hello, hi, we're here, we're here, are you done? Okay. Oh, hi there, welcome to the Residuals. The Residuals. The Residuals. The Residuals. Yeah. It's a holiday edition. We've obviously planned it. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. Should we start again? Yeah. Oh, hi there. I'm Emily. Oh, hi. Hi. Too loud. Oh, sorry. Too loud. loud. Ran it in. So we have our uh, our special holiday episode uh, right now. We are going to do our first reading of our written in stories from listeners. Do you have a better way of saying that? Because I didn't really like that. Long time listeners, first time writers. You like that? That's much better. Thank you. Yes. Hi, Emily and Joy. Ah, that's us. Love your podcast. It makes the gridlock of LA traffic somewhat bearable. Oh, God bless Aww. you. Aww. I mean, that's the best you can hope for with this traffic. Is somewhat no bearable. shit. <laughs> Thank you, C. <laughs> uh, and they say, I had a strange thing happen to me last year. During the Los Angeles fires, my daughter's school was evacuated and I had to take her to work with me. At the time, she was two and a half years old. I work in film and television, and I happen to be working on the same TV show as my husband. So, when we arrived at the studio lot, we went to stage to say hello to him before we headed up to my office. The day was unremarkable other than trying to keep a toddler entertained while also trying to do the job I get paid to do. Yeah, I feel you on that one. As we left for the day, I told my daughter it was time to go and we should go back to stage to say goodbye to daddy. A wave of panic ran through her face, and she whined, No, I don't want to go back to Daddy's work. The gray guy is there. Wait, what? The gray guy? Oh, God. I tried to run through which one of my husband's co-workers was the gray guy and somehow scared her. So I asked her, what did the gray guy look like? She said, he doesn't have a head. What? Huh? Oh, God. Hmm. That took me back because my daughter never mentions anything along this line. She doesn't like scary shows and tends to enjoy things that are purple or have glitter. So talking about a headless man is very much out of her wheelhouse. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> I decided to drop the subject and not bring it up again. But for the next year, she would randomly mention the gray guy at daddy's work. Oh God. I asked her if he was mean, and she said, No, he is nice, but he does not have a head. (laughs) The one thing that really got me was that a family friend had passed away on the studio lot from a violent head injury. Oh, God. I was not sure what stage he was killed on, but I had mentioned the story to a coworker, and he knew someone that was there when our friend was killed. He called and asked him what stage the accident happened on and confirmed it was in fact the very stage my daughter saw the gray man on oh my god it still gives me chills up my spine 
No, you're not the only one. Right? <sighs> Love you, ladies. Thanks for listening to my little story. See. God bless you, my see. My goodness. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I've, there have got to be a ton of stories like this out here, right? Oh, yeah. Like all Hollywood stuff and... There's a... I mean, you think about how old these these studios are, what they've seen. And just like, I mean, the energy that has gone into making the productions and all the feelings that people were having there and all of that residual stuff bouncing around. Right, we have another one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, this one starts with my dad's stories from university. Oh, tits. My dad went to a college at Northern Michigan University back in the 60s. He joined a frat that was housed in a mansion sold to the school by an eccentric older woman who could no longer manage it. All right. All right. She sold it to the frat for $1. What? Wait. Shut up. With one stipulation that they must keep and maintain all 13 of her player pianos in the house. Oh, wow. 13 player pianos? It's scary enough to have one of those shits in your house. Did you know my grandpa had one of those and it was called the pianola? It didn't work. And it was severely out of tune. I feel like that would just be scary to know that they're in the house. I know. No, just keep... It's all right. I've just got 13 haunted pianos in the house. It's fine. They might, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But just, you know, make sure you get them tuned. The player pianos were spread out on the three upper floors of the place with one in the basement bowling alley. Shut up. Bowling alley? No big deal. The bowling alley was an interesting place. The frat brothers would use it to blow off steam, but it was stained literally and figuratively. The year before my dad joined the frat, a frat brother had gone down to the bowling alley and committed suicide. Oh, oh my babes. God. The young man shot himself in the head with a shotgun. His blood spatter reached the ceiling and no matter how many times it was painted over, the stain would reappear a pink testament to the horrific event. Oh, God. Carrying on. Time passed. Senior year. My dad couldn't afford to go home for the holidays and decided to stay at the mansion. Nope. Mistake number one. Nope. He had a Great Dane dog, Greto. Oh, it's pronounced Greedo. So he didn't feel so alone. And besides, my dad figured, the solitude could help him study. Nope. His bedroom was on the topmost floor, and one night he stayed up late reading. Suddenly, all of the player pianos in the place started playing at once. He hadn't a clue what was going on. Maybe a frat brother came back early and was playing a trick. Okay, yeah, on all of them at the same time. Oh okay, my. cool. Cool, no, cool. No, no. Way no, to multitask. No. Set it on fire, run out the door. He opened his bedroom door to investigate, and all the pianos turned off at once. <gasps> Now he was sure it was a prank, but he wasn't in the mood to play along. He resumed his place on his bed and found his page in his book when again the player pianos started playing. Mm, nope, nope, nope. He opened his bedroom door and yelled, knock it off. The piano stopped. Satisfied, he went back to bed with his book until oh the, <laughs> the piano started again. Oh my God. This time my dad was both scared and pissed. He didn't think it was a prank anymore. No shit. And feared an intruder. What a fucking terrible 
I mean, I'm going to say it's maybe 13 intruders. I don't know if anyone has the ability to switch all of them on at the same time. Anyway, (laughs) he went down to the second floor. All the pianos on that floor stopped playing. He went down to the first floor and all those pianos stopped playing too. Now there was only one piano still going, the one down in the basement bowling alley. Oh, Oh, my God. My dad opened the door to the basement, took a step down... But Greedo wouldn't follow. My dad watched as the hair on Greedo's back raised. The dog started barking and refused to follow my dad. So my dad said, if you're not going, I'm not going. You know, always trust him. Always trust the animals. Dad, we are on your side. Way to go, dad. We like you. My dad went back up to his room. And as soon as he closed his bedroom door behind him, the piano in the basement stopped. It was quiet the rest of the night and thankfully the rest of the winter break. Weeks later, my dad was up late and couldn't sleep. He went down into the house to grab a snack when he heard someone bowling down in the basement. He decided to join whoever was down there, and when my dad got to the bottom of the stairs... Oh, God. Uh-huh. There was the dead fraternity brother bowling with the top of his skull shut off. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. The dead boy stopped bowling, looked at my dad... My dad looked back. They stared at each other until my dad turned and walked back up the stairs. My dad didn't say a word to anyone and he never went down there again. In the decades since, the mansion has been demolished for new developments. I often wonder if they took the pianos out before they brought the place to the ground. Oh my God. What? This is not... Oh my God, this is not real. I mean, I don't really mean that it's not real, but holy shit. That's like... This is such a good story. That's... Oh, my God. Absolutely bonkers. Completely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Bonkers. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, God, that makes me so sad and at the same time absolutely pant-shittingly terrified. I know, and I'm, like, I'm picturing it in the old, like, like a 50s, like, outfit with, like, a letter jacket and, you know, like, the old, like... I right, don't, you know, with like bluish kind of skin and like, oh god, oh. Ugh. This story is from Krista, and she writes, "Rigo Park, Queens." Oh, well, she just got right into it. Yeah, nice. No, like, hi, no, whatever. She's Go like, Krista. here's my fucking story. Yeah. I'd lived in New York City for a couple summers before I moved there officially in September 2000. Funnily enough, my first summer sublet in the West Village also had a ghost in it. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken's really into this one. (laughs) Funnily enough, my first summer sublet in the West Village also had a ghost in it, but that story's rather sweet compared to this one. Oh, well, that was a bit oh, of a twist. All right. We'll all have right. to talk to her about that one later. It was my first legit adult apartment in Rigo Park, Queens. I was rooming with a friend of mine from college. Our boyfriends were also roommates back in Indianapolis, where we both went to university. The apartment was a cute junior four. And What's I'm, that mean? I don't know. Um, and I immediately felt comfortable there. My roommate, who I'll call Brandy, this is a fake name, 
uh, let me know that she was a sleepwalker and that if I ever found her walking in her sleep, to not wake her, but to gently guide her back to bed. Oh, God. Oh, that's a lot. That's I like, don't know. I'm I think your roommate. Also, you're my mom at night. I think I'd rather have, mm. listen, I snore, but it's okay. Yeah. No, listen, I'm a sleepwalker. There's a there's a chance I could potentially be violent scary. if you wake me up. But it's fine. If I just appear in your bedroom standing over it's you with like, a knife scaring, right, it's just fine. gently guide me back to the knife block, put the <laughs> knife away, and then bring me back to my room and tuck me in and never speak of it. <clears throat> Months passed, and for the first time in my life, I felt comfortable enough to sleep in a room alone with no lights and no TV. That's right. At 21 years old, I finally wasn't afraid of the dark. I even closed my bedroom door at night. That's how much of an adult I was feeling. That is, until the night it started. Oh, shit. I awoke in the middle of the night. My room was only illuminated by the street lamp shining through the sheet I'd nailed over my bedroom window. (laughs) Standing next to my bed was Brandy. Shut up! The light was enough that I could clearly make out her face with its dark-rimmed glasses and sullen expression. So wait, hang on a minute. She's sleepwalking, but she's with it. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. But she's sleepwalking, but with it enough to be like, oh, I should put on my glasses. Maybe they are, like, next to her bed and she just, like, gets up and puts them on. You know, like, force a habit. Like, things you do and... But she's unconscious. No, no, part of you is, like, awake when you're sleepwalking. I think that they're, like, because I've heard that people will, like, go into kitchens and, like, make food. No, that's Ambien. (laughs) Emily? Shout out, Emily. Oh, yeah, (laughs) our friend friend Emily likes, uh, she'll take Ambien and then she'll wake up the next morning with... What did you buy today? With horrifically large receipts (laughs) for something that she bought off the real reel in a blackout. (laughs) That she made may not already own god bless her we love you emily we do all right sorry carry on okay um get back into my dramatic reading do it do it sorry the light was enough that i could clearly make out her face with its dark rimmed glasses and sullen expression at this point i'd forgotten she was a sleepwalker and my mind immediately jumped to indianapolis my heart raced assuming she was about to give me some really bad news about our boyfriends. I asked her, Brandy, what's going on? What happened? She just stared at me. Oh, fuck no. That's when I remembered, Brandy's a sleepwalker. I sighed and asked more gently, Brandy, are you okay? That's when she crouched on the floor and started rocking back and forth. No, thank you. No, no, and that's I'm something like, out of the oh, garage. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> Thinking I had a long night ahead of me with a fucked up roommate, I turned on my bedside lamp. When I turned to face her, no one was there. I was alone. No, shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. I'm really glad we're reading this during the day because I have time to do other things before I try to sleep later. Okay, okay, carry on, carry on. Jesus, tits. All right, carry on. I'm versed in hypnagogic hallucinations, having dealt with them all my life. This was not that. 
Following that encounter, I was visited by two other visions in that room. The second, many months later, was a little boy who brought with him the sound of a windstorm. Oh, God. And the third and final was a man who spoke to me. He said, we have to go. I have to get you out of here. A couple months later, I was downtown on 9-11. Maybe that man was trying to do me a favor after all. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, God. Oh, Krista, we need to talk more. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, my God. I have so many questions. I have questions if, if Brandy ever saw anything. I have questions if, like, any other weird stuff might have happened in the apartment that wasn't, like, seeing things. Or, like, is this, is this just, like premonition stuff or like something else she's tapping into maybe it wasn't a ghost maybe it was i don't know i think we should email her back and ask her for more stories all right we have one more email should we read it okay it's a big one get comfy make a cup of tea all right get a biscuit yep all right okay all right hey em and joy well Okay, hello. Um, I don't know how detailed you want it, but I'll give a little backstory just in case. Okay. I befriended Mikey in middle school. He always annoyed the shit out of me, but I was also (laughs) secretly joined to his cool demeanor. He kicked me in the shins one day because, well, middle school. Oh, God bless her. I was hurt, literally, and annoyed. On the last day of school that year, he came up to me, apologized, and gave me an orange crush soda, saying, here's an orange crush because I'm sorry, and I know you love R.E.M. The rest is history. Oh, God. We grew particularly close our junior and senior years of high school, eating lunch together nearly every day. He was the only friend I had at the time that liked the same weird indie music that I did, and he introduced me to friends that I still hold close to my heart today. Mikey was the first person whose hair I ever cut. He pretty much forced me into it. He said, if you mess up, whatever, I'll just buzz my head. (laughs) And it came out pretty great looking, and thus my life as a hairstylist began. We had big plans the summer after we graduated school in 2000. We were going to go to MTSU together, and we had been apartment hunting. We had orientation planned together for July 17th and 18th. I bailed on him the last minute, saying I didn't want to do orientation so close to my birthday, the 19th, and that I would do it the next session. He was killed in a car crash about a mile from his house on the way to orientation on July 18th. Oh, Oh, babes. I was supposed to be with him. I never quite forgave myself for that because our plan was that I would spend the night at his house and then we would drive out together. If I hadn't bailed, perhaps we would have left the house one minute later. Perhaps he would have buckled his seatbelt as he only did that when I was in the car with him and forced him to. But perhaps I would have died as well. Oh, babes. Oh, no. Oh, sweetheart. That's not your fault. No. No. Alas, I didn't end up going to college and I took time off just to figure my shit out and work at a record store. One night I was cutting my own hair in the bathroom of my parents' house. It was the dead of winter. There had been some signs after he passed when I realised that butterflies and moths were going to be his thing, his sign. I don't know how I knew this, but I did. Perhaps it was Weezer's song, his favourite band, Butterfly. 
But there was one day I was laying on a raft in a pool and I thought of him randomly. Right then, a butterfly landed on my boob (laughs) and I said, oh, hey, Mikey, if you have something to do with it, prove to me that this is really you. Just then, a second butterfly landed on my other boob. (laughs) (laughs) There I was laying in the pool with two butterflies, one on each tit. (laughs) Our friendship was always platonic. But that was just the kind of antic he would pull, dead or alive, and I knew it. Anyway, back to wintertime after he died. I was in the bathroom cutting my hair, and I thought, maybe this is what I want and need to do with my life. I'm good at it. It comes naturally to me. I could make a decent living, and I would owe it all to Mikey. I just need a sign. Just then, there was a fucking butterfly on the wall in the bathroom. What? In winter. I lost my shit and ran downstairs, grabbing my mum and sister. I was seeing things, I was sure. But nope, they came up and saw it too. It was real. He was there. I started cosmetology school six months later. That was nearly 18 (gasps) years ago. Oh, my God. (sighs) One night when I was still living at home, and I don't remember exactly when this took place, but it was definitely within a year of his accident, and I had a dream. In the dream, I was at an outdoor shopping strip mall. It was a gorgeous day. I turned the corner, and there he was. He looked lively and happy, but serious. I said, what are you doing here? You're dead. He looked alive as ever. I can still remember it so clearly. But I kept saying, why are you here? You're dead. You're dead. What are you doing here? He said nothing, but looked me straight in the eyes and said, Courtney, your blood sugar is low. Wake up. I replied, huh? I am awake. I'm at this mall with you. And he simply started shaking me by the shoulders saying, get up, wake up. Your blood sugars are low. This exchange happened several times. Finally, in real life, I woke up. I slept with my blood sugar meter by my dad and I checked it immediately. I was shaking so badly, but I couldn't decipher whether it was from the nerves and shock of just seeing my dead best friend and the fact that he was shaking me or my actual blood sugar being low. The meter read 35. Oh, God. Oh, no. It was the lowest I had ever been. The American Diabetes Association dictates that when blood sugar is lower than 70, it is dangerous and can cause complications, and if left untreated, can lead to seizures, coma, or death. Oh, my God. Somehow, my dead best friend woke me up and saved my life. I immediately called for my mum, who came running into my room in the middle of the night, and said to her, get me an orange juice. I am 35 now then I need to tell you what the fuck just happened to me. Oh, my oh God. God. It seems so bizarre that I'm like, did I make that up? I recuperated from the low blood sugar and I have been fine ever since. I still to this day know what happened and that it was true, yet I am still in disbelief. Literally 18 years later, I owe everything in my life to him. It all comes back to him. I have an amazing and successful career. I met my husband through the salon. Mikey is the one that forced me to cut hair and everything has stemmed from that. He was Greek and his grandmother was called Yaya. How strange that after I started hair school, my dad said, my, hi- my hairstylist wants to meet you. And the name of her salon was Salon Yaya. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. 
How strange that my owners should open a new location that I have been at for the last five years and it's across the street that he lived and died on. Coincidence? I think not. I haven't had any dreams or visits from him lately, but the signs are all there. I don't know why he had to die at 17 and I got to keep living. It makes no sense to me, but I owe everything to him. Courtney. Oh, God, Courtney. We're both crying. I'm like totally sitting here crying. (laughs) Babes. That's so sweet. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't you make me cry more. (laughs) Don't look at me. I'm going to cry more. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my God. Jeez. Way to go, Mikey. Oh, my God. Good looking out, man. Courtney. God bless you. I mean, jeez. Best friends still. You've got someone definitely looking out for you, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for sharing this. Well, thank you to everybody who wrote in. I mean, this is exactly why we started this. It's so people feel safe in sharing their experiences with us. For other people to hear these and, you know, feel like they're not crazy. And so, you know, feel free to write to us. We would love to hear from more of you. Um, Yes, absolutely. Our email address is theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. And, uh... God, we look forward to hearing yeah, from you. Yeah, let us Thank know. you so much. Anything weird, totally. It doesn't have to be like ghost stories, just, you know, all your weird paranormal stuff. Send them to us. And uh, just shoot us a little note in there if you want to stay anonymous and what you'd like to be called by instead, if there are any specifics where you need to keep your identity a mystery. Oh, well, we hope you all have a wicked lovely time with your family or if your family is absolutely bonkers (laughs) then your friends who are your family of choice and uh, you know we'll be thinking of you and you know no matter what holiday you celebrate we hope it's a absolutely lovely one with as little family drama as possible yes yes well Um, and uh, I just would like to thank Emily Um, bye I'm still in a little little teary mode from that last one. But thank you. I love you. And Merry Aww. Christmas and Happy Holidays. And thanks for my presents. <laughs> well, happy Hanukkah, babes. Oh, and happy, happy all of the other ones. And Solstice and everything. Yes, you witchy bitches. Yeah. And I love you too. I'm so happy that you've come on this journey with me. I'm so excited to do more of this. Yeah, See and what happens next year. Thank you to everybody out there that's been listening and telling their mates and sharing it and to people who are writing in and following us on, you know, social media, especially our Instagram. We love, we love hearing from you guys. Yes. And, you know, God bless you. But anyway... Don't be scared of the dark. But Joy will. I will. All right. Bye. Bye bye.